Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. be the one that you rate 10 out of 10 may not be your first choice but i swear i'll be the last so whenever you're lonely whenever you're sad don't you know baby i got your back i know your life's been hard but i Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Logan Pilcher and his song, I'm Here For You, Babe. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> and, and, and how are you doing, Greg, today? How are you? I'm, I'm wonderful. How about you, Carl? 
I'm pretty good. Yeah, I like this guy, Logan. We've had him here. We had him, we've featured him before several times, once on his own. And then once he, he did like a, he was, he's featured on one of Gabriel Grace's tunes, correct? Yeah. He, so we actually found him through Gabrielle Grace um, when we first started featuring her songs on here. And then we liked him so much. We featured him during a previous episode back in October, which I'll link at the end of the sh- um, at the end in the show notes. And then he just actually released some new music, so we wanted to feature him again because we just think that he's pretty cool. So what I like about him, he, he reminds me of the kind of guy that a throwback guy. I think you could take him and put him in like 1971 Laurel Canyon, and he'd fit right in that whole. You know that whole vibe. You know what I, I mean. I think it's uh, not pretentious, which I like. Uh, I um, I checked out the new single, which I think we're going to feature later. Uh, I checked out the video, uh, and I I think it's shot in somebody's garage, which I liked. Again, it's such a mix of, of like old and new. But like, even though I hate a lot of the new technology, because of it, a lot of people are doing their own their DIY own. things and and it's kind of cool and they're shooting it almost like high tech lo fi it's bizarre you know exactly well they're exactly. doing their own version of retro if that makes sense like they're taking kind of what they want to do and and making it their own but in, like influences from the past are really kind of shaping it for them well like we're saying they're, they're taking you know a high tech technology and creating lo fi output which is kind of very cool to me. Um, Who, whoever's garage it was is, is much cleaner than mine. Right. <laughs> I played in the garage. I I was in a garage band. Was that your first band, Carl? No, I, I, my first band, I don't know. My first band was, well, I do know my first band. It was the Invaders. We played in like sixth grade Mrs. Garside's class and played Barbara Ann. There was this not so attractive girl in that class called Barbara Ann. <laughs> And ever since I sang that, she used to run around the playground after me thinking I was singing to her. Uh, do you want to know a fun fact about that song? Barbara Ann? Yeah. Kenzie is obsessed with it. Well, because it's, it's, car- it's a cartoon. It's, it's <laughs> kind a of cartoon. Fun. She will ask Google to play Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. How did she even hear that? <laughs> well, we have we have that um that Google Home thing that like you can say, "Okay, Google," and it'll like you can ask it something. So, we've done it so much that I think she's picked up on it. So, now she'll say, "Okay, Google, play Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys." That is so cool. That's wonderful. That's fun. I can remember back I just thought of something really strange. So, I was in a garage band and we were terrible. Uh, I remember, did you outfit the garage like a, a recording studio like we did? Went around and found carpet remnants and put those on uh, the floor. I, and, you know, I was never into that. It was a, like 120 degrees in there because, of course, you know, it was the middle of the summer. The neighborhood frowned upon us opening up the door. But I remember we had something really especially cool. So there was a local motorcycle shop. Few people probably realize this, but some of those motorcycles used to come to the dealership completely encased in styrofoam. And so it was like these these huge styrofoam jewel boxes that these motorcycles would come in. So you encased the garage in motorcycle We would go in the middle of the night to the back of the uh, motorcycle shop. We would abscond with these gigantic two-foot-thick boxes that these um, 
that these motorcycles came in and we hung that stuff all over the walls and the ceiling. Now I understand the brain damage. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. But I mean, we would deaden that room so much that it was like impossible to hear in there. It was funny. Let's play another Logan song. This one's kind of cool. It's called Answers to Questions, which is kind of appropriate because right after this, he did answer a few questions. He's going to answer some, some questions. questions. There you go. Very appropriate title for the next song. So this is Logan. Hey, we thought this through. This world is small But full of things that we will never know Answers to questions We try to find The reason that we live and why we die But I know what I've seen Simple mystery So come on babe Let's not waste a moment or another day With answers to questions Let's live our lives Finding a meaning of a different kind I know what I've seen In you and me And all the wonders of this world I found They mean nothing And all the answers that may come from my mouth They mean nothing without you Logan Pilcher's answers to questions. It's got a nice like flow to it. Like I think he's like uh what's him called? He's a uh, like a balladeer. He's like um uh, you know, I told you last week when we were discussing uh, his he's a work. Lover. All these songs about love and he reminds me of uh, somebody who is absolutely near and dear to me. I think a genius songwriter uh named 
Patty McAloon, who is the founding member of a band that I love called Prefab Sprout. But yeah, I like this kind of work. Uh, it's a little quirky, and sometimes it's kind of shocking in its honesty, and it's not trying to be anything it's not. And uh, like I say, I've been a huge fan of bands that record these kinds of songs and write these kinds of songs for probably 30 or 40 years. So, Why don't we hear some answers from Logan around the music that he's creating right now, uh, kind of his influences, and a couple of other things that we asked him for, the questions of the week. He will... Wow, I love that music too. Uh, he won't know Patty McAloon, so that won't be an influence. No, but, uh, but the first questions we asked him was, "Go ahead, you." So the first it. question we asked him was, "Who has influenced your sound?" Here's what Logan had to say: I have a lot of influences, everything from from Coldplay to Tom Petty. Really, I love pop music in general. Um, I think I'm influenced a lot by like what I grew up hearing, like on the radio and things like that. But um, more uh, specifically, I think I went after like, songwriters from the 60s and 70s, like Leonard Cohen, Joni Mitchell, and then like great bands and artists like Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles, of course. But um, yeah, I think I'm also in- influenced a lot by just friends and, you know, artists that, of today that are out and um I don't know. It's a, I think it's the best time in the world to make music because it's just at your fingertips. And I'm excited to continue to grow in my career and just create music that that evolves and can, can go multiple places. I think I've been very consistent for years now, but I'm seeing myself evolve faster and faster. So that's exciting to see, to see where you know, music takes me. Well, again, he, like what he's saying is, is a couple of things I agree with. You know, I, he even, even said he comes from that Laurel Canyon 60s and 70s Joel Mitchell place. Mm-hmm. As far as now being the best time in the world to make music, I disagree with that, Logan. I think it probably was back in the 70s when you... <laughs> Maybe he wants to go back to the 70s. I, it's not, you know, I hate to say it, but I know, you know, like Billy Joel says, you know, these are not the best of times, but they're the only times I've ever known. So this is your our time or your time, but... I don't think it's the best time. Well, you know what, though? I think that he's kind of hitting upon this idea that the blinders are off. Everybody owns a megaphone. They have it in the palm of their hand. There are no gatekeepers to speak of. So you can make music if you desire to make music. So I'm encouraged by the idea that his work, his songs are as positive and as pop as they are. And yet he believes this is a good time to be making music. I think that's cool. But then his disillusionment and disappointment will be so much greater down here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Logan. Oh, man. I, man. I, I, I have the cynic. Why do in- I do this every week? No, I, 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 yeah, I, I do. I do love his optimism. And I, and I do love like, I envy it, actually. I envy it, quite honestly. That he's yeah, still that like, I get. and I think he's really good. And like, you know, but. Technically, it's the best time to make music. I, I agree with them there. Like, it's easy to make music now because you're, you're not restricted by having to go into a studio or having to go, like, you know, and hire bands for everything. You can do a lot of things on your own you couldn't do 30 years ago, you know? There's more but, freedom. I, I really do think there's more freedom. But but what does that freedom really provide? Well, don't hold the music to a standard that we used to hold it to. 
you know, and lower your expectations, make the music, and hopefully somebody hears it and you're able to do it for the next 15 or 20 years. But, you know, I think kind of all bets are off until until we get the proper valuation for this streaming nonsense. I used to have a friend who used to um, have this stupid saying, but it's, it's kind of true. It was, he used to say it in jest, but he used to say, you know, expect nothing and then you'll get more. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's kind, uh, of, right. kind of the way I'm looking at the business these days. Let's see what else you have to say. We asked him, how did you meet your co-writers? When you heard the same? Yeah. I'm not very strategic when it comes to co-writing. I love to write with people that I know, that I trust. For me, songwriting is pretty vulnerable. And I think just knowing someone's story and knowing where someone comes from helps a lot. Especially when trying to frame a certain opinion about anything or, or just push a, a story. I like people that know me and I like people that I know. I know a lot, there's a lot of ways to do this and you can, you can co-write with anyone in the world these days. So I'm not like stuck on that, but that's just been the way I've done it in the past. I agree with them. You, you want to write with someone who you kind of, you know, have a relationship with so you can. But that expression, people I trust, what does that even mean? I mean, people you trust. I think it comes from his answer when he said that when you're when you're co-writing and there's vulnerability in the story, it's being able to trust that the people you're co-writing with aren't going to either try and twist it in, into using it in a way that you don't necessarily foresee that story being used and also don't judge you for the story for, you know, whatever the outcome is or what you've done during it. So I could I can kind of see where using people or knowing and trusting people to be able to co-write with comes into play. I don't know what trust means, man. Like, do I trust you guys? I, I wouldn't know. trust Greg. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> do like, not trust me. Like, what is trust? Like to me, would I give you my the keys to my to my safety deposit box? You know, like is that kind of trust? Like, uh, trust? I, I think you're talking about emotional trust, and you know, well, then the, I trust no one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I would most, trust me. Most people have difficulty letting go, uh, difficulty being vulnerable, difficulty, you know, kind of uh, engaging in something creative with somebody that they don't know very well. So that's the kind of trust I think he's talking about. And, and the last question we asked him, how are you producing these tracks? Let's see what you have to say. It's a mixture between working at home and in studios and other people's houses it really is all over the place. It's so easy to collaborate with the internet and being able to Dropbox files to friends and stuff. I have had songs come together in a matter of hours just from people sending tracks from across America, really. And um, I don't know, it's, uh, it's all over the place. I feel like asking people that question in this day and age from everyone who's making music right now, it's like, it's all over the place. Like producing and making music is just in general so uh, modern and so easy to do. Um, and there's no rules, you know. You can make a you can make a record on your phone these days. So um, I try not to confine myself to just working at a studio, but really all kinds of ways. I think that uh, you know. I think what what we were trying to get at with that question was. Um, you know, maybe the relationship between what he's doing and uh, if there was, in fact, a producer. 
Well, yeah, um, I think he, he he might have been. He took a different place. He, he's self-producing, so that's because I think. Fine. Well, well, the thing is, the new song we're going to play as we, we close out called um, "Relapse." I think that's off his new new EP, correct? It is off his and, new EP that, that just that came one, out at the end of March. That one is decidedly differently recorded than the first two we just heard. There's more like drum machine type stuff, still organic, but has more like soundy stuff and cool things going on. So it sounds like it was produced by someone else, or he's just changed the way he's produced his stuff. So well, and so I. I I think too, from what he said, he just he has so many people that he can like send stuff to that for this release, it may be that he just pulled in other people from across the country. He trusts that many people. Yeah, <laughs> there is this trend. I think it's been happening for I don't know three or four years, and I think it was greatly enhanced by the whole COVID mess. And that is. This collaboration thing is like, it's at an all-time high. Collaboration on the sounds, collaboration on the songs, collaboration on the production, collaboration on the distribution, collaboration on the marketing, collab, 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 collab. You know, I got, it's funny that you say, like, you know, after about my, you know, my second band, you know, and that broke up. And we and the deal was over and stuff and this. I said, you know, enough of this band stuff. So I went solo. You know, I did all my acoustic stuff and started doing all that stuff and singer songwriter. But I'll tell you, I never felt more creative though than when when I was with a band. You know, I there is something about truly in the room with four people who, who are, are like minded creating one thing, like being on a team. And I think also there's something about being in a room with someone as opposed to being, you know, this digital collab. You know, I, it can be done and it's cool sending files and I do it too. But there's nothing better than being in a room eye to eye with someone you connect with. There's nothing like it. And, and there's no technology that can capture that, I think. Well, do you, I mean, and this is just because the pandemic kind of shut everything down. I think that's something that artists maybe are also hoping to get back to, but because nothing for the last year has been I like fully of- open, they, this is kind of the, how artists have resorted to making new music. Logan even said in his Instagram that he basically invested in his home studio right before COVID hit, and that's how he's been able to create so much. What do you think, baby Carla? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did we say here today? Anything? I think we said a lot, actually. <laughs> I like the mean. episodes that, that heavily feature the music, and uh, I think we did that yeah. effectively. Well, let's get out of the episode then. Good tracks. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. For everything that we talked about, go to our website, 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y for links to everything that we've talked about. Baby Carly, <laughs> you want to hear uh, Logan's new song, Relapse, before we leave? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All Here's right. Logan. So this is Relapse off of Logan's new album, May, June, July. I found your shirt behind my sweater. Must have been in there all summer long. Like a shot in the arm, like a For a minute I forgot you were gone
I'll look down to the street and I'll see us. In a beam of light, a beautiful knock-on I'm alone again in the city bus I'm on the way down the street on the west coast I don't know how I never got past that With the girl that I don't know I'm in the background on the street